Welcome to the Sound and Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Eichel, owner and founder of Dreamer Productions and Sound and Marketing Learning. I create, consult, and educate brands and individuals on the power of sound in marketing. To learn more about sound and marketing, check out some great resources, take some courses, and join a cool community, go to soundinmarketing.com. If you're a brand that needs help navigating the sound space through research and or a consultancy, or you're looking to create sonic branding, go to dreamerproductions.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com. And let's chat. Now onto the show. For this season, I wanted to focus on definitions, because if you don't fully understand the industry, it's harder to navigate it and harder to ultimately succeed. And that's why every episode will start with what is. Ideally, you can scroll through the episode titles and decide what specific voice topic you want to focus on for the next 15 or 20 minutes. Today, we will be discussing my personal favorite and the whole reason I started this podcast, Sonic Branding. We'll be talking with a man who literally wrote the book on Sonic Branding, Daniel Jackson. Daniel's company, Sonic Brand, has been around since 1999, working with companies in all business sectors, most of which are still clients today. Sonic Brand's specialty is not just creating music and sounds for a company's brand identity, but also strategy and sonic branding management of those sound assets for better use and functionality through the life of a brand. But I'll let Daniel tell you all about it. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you very much, Gina. Nice to be here. So why don't we go ahead and start with where you fit into the sonic branding world? So the company is called Sonic Brand, which is nominative determinism at its finest. So what we do is sonic branding. This is a business I started with a couple of friends back in 1999, and it took a little hiatus, and uh, I did another couple of things. Went off and earned some money whilst the sonic branding industry caught up with, with the vision that we were putting out there. I was fortunate enough to be able to keep hold of the brand name and the, uh, the URL, and we reformed Sonic Brand just last year, actually. So it's a kind of 20-year-old business. My role is to drive client strategy, use my ears, and generally help guide the business through the ocean of sonic branding uh, troubles. I've seen most of it before. I've heard most of it before. And there's usually an answer that we can we can pull out from our, from our history if we, we look for it. So uh, I'm there to be the old guy with the gray hairs. <laughs> and for those of you that haven't heard Daniel's name, he literally wrote the book on sonic branding. So if you look up sonic branding, you will find his book. Uh, So uh, Daniel, as a seasoned veteran of sonic branding, could you define the term sonic branding? Because there's a lot out there. A lot of people call it a lot of different things. Sure. Uh, So thank you for referencing the book. And it is available at uh, amazon.com. So in the book, and this was written back in 2000, 2001, published in, in 03, I had a glossary, I had a, a bunch of terms that I, I defined out there. So it's, I'm going to read from that. And then I'm going to try and work out if it's still true. So I had Sonic Browning, the creation and consistent management of distinct, memorable, flexible, and honest brand identity and experience in sound. So that's, that's probably overdoing a little bit. But definitely it's about the, the creation of sound. Management of sound, I think, is inherent to, to Sonic Browning. And then that sound itself should kind of go through some filters of distinctiveness and memorability and hopefully flexibility. Not sure about the honest, but uh, we'll come back to that. And then, yes, in sound. So definitely the the totality of sound, music, voice, 
and sound design incorporated in, as the palette. So that's that was the definition back then. I think it more or less holds true today, though the really sonic branding means a bunch of different things to a bunch of different people. And I don't think the world has really yet settled on what sonic branding means, but that's language, isn't it? It's uh, imprecise. I, I wanted to go back to, you said honest, and you were kind of doubtful on that. And I, I would tend to agree that it is honest because sonic branding, wouldn't that be um, attaching yourself to a sensorial perspective? You're trying to find a sound that represents a brand, which is a very human thing. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I, it was obviously something that was very important to me back in the day, which is the idea that the, the sound should be of and from and true to the brand essence. It comes back to a philosophy of, of sonic branding, the Holy Grail being uh, a sound that is that is both functional in that it, it's memorable or it's distinct or it, or, or it means something, but also has an aesthetic that is that is true to, to the experience. I always talk about uh, my favorite uh, sonic branding not being necessarily jingles because they are not honest to the brand in some respect. They are they're functional. They're designed to get into people's heads. They're designed to be memorable, but they don't come from, they're not of the essence of the brand. So my favorite sonic branding tends to be sounds that have function as well as aesthetic. So uh, of all time, I'd say the the Apple male swoosh would be right, right up there as something that's been uh, clearly defined, uh, clearly designed and consistently managed. Uh, and it's just it just says that your email has just left. It does it beautifully, and it could be a beep, and it could be a bong, but no, it's a, it's a beautiful whoosh away. So, uh, always looking for that that honesty to the to the experience of what you're actually doing. It's uh, that's what I was getting to in the day. I think now I would probably be less inclined to use the word honest, and more inclined just to to talk about function and aesthetic rather than honesty. I think it's a difficult word, honesty, but uh, yeah, we'll come back to that, I guess. Functionality, definitely, I agree with you. And you you mentioned about uh, jingles, you wouldn't necessarily consider that being sincere to the brand. And uh, there's actually uh, one of the lessons in my upcoming course that I'm working on. I use Meow Mix as an example. And no one would say that's not catchy. That's a good jingle. Like it's, it's catchy. I showed it to my kids one time and out of the blue, they always ask me to play the Meow Mix thing again. So it's definitely on brand. It says the brand. It's really great. But my challenge to that is, is that sonic branding? Would you want to hear that over and over again in all the different audio touch points that they would have? And I'm pretty sure the answer is no, because what would end up happening is you'd be annoyed, right? Like we we know about the Netflix to them. People got tired of that sound, even though the mnemonic was really good, but people, it was oversaturated when people were binging uh, movies and such during COVID. If you heard Meow Mix in like some kiosk at the mall, and uh, the, I'll tell you one thing, because I have worked at a mall, as an employee of the mall, I would want to break that kiosk. It's too much. It's it's too much. So there's functionality. There's um, sincerity because it's talking about the brand, but it's it's also you have to be true to what is it that you could listen to over and over again. Do you have thoughts on that? We should accept that the majority of people in the world would accept Meow Mix as sonic branding. So they, they definitely would call it that. And it it is honest within context. So that it gets more complicated because within the context of a, a piece of advertising, as a bit of music that's trying to get in your head or in your kids' heads and stay there for the rest of their lives, 
it, it's an old-fashioned advertising giving, but it is honest within advertising. Out of context, it, it becomes useless. So it, it doesn't go through that. Uh, I use the word flexible in that definition of uh, of what is sonic branding, and it, it wouldn't meet that flexibility criteria. So that's a key one is that to really manage the sound of a brand, you have to have flexible assets that that can stretch and move and, and be used in a mall for 10 hours or used on a 20-second TV commercial. The brand, though, doesn't have to just use one asset. And to some extent, brands used to just develop one asset and call that their sonic branding. But now we're in a world where brands are capable of managing and deploying multiple assets. So within the number of branded assets that Meowmix can own, then that song is is perfect, but they're going to need some other stuff. They're going to need some long-form music. They're going to need some some sound design. They're going to need some ritual sounds for the, the sound of the packs being opened or the sound of a cat chewing the uh, chewing the kibble. So they, they're going to need to expand it and put more together and then manage that as a, as a holistic sound of the brand. And that is the, that's the holy grail of sonic branding. The frustration I have after the best part of 25 years is that 90% of the people out there, and that's a made-up number, but 90% of the people out there still think that the Meow Mix jingle is sonic branding. And they don't see that or, or hear that it's a much broader topic than that. I mean, when you explain it to them, it becomes very obvious. But but on first understanding, sonic branding is still, oh, so you're a jingles guy. Or so you do the bings and bongs on a mobile phone or a cell phone. Like It's still reductive down to the single creative point that is the most famous, which tends to be the advertising and it tends to be advertising jingle. So still some frustration, but uh, I've learned to live with it and accept people for their limitations. <laughs> well, that's why we just need to educate them in our direction. <laughs> yeah, nothing patronizing about that at all. Uh, all we have to understand that that's what the market is. Uh, the market still wants good old-fashioned advertising gimmicks. Meow Mix is a, is a really traditional one. Uh, the, the old... Uh, adage of if you can't say it, sing it, like really applies there. But then Intel and, and those more modern, inverted commas, modern mnemonics, probably 25 years old now, uh, they're still just they're sort of the, the sons and daughters of jingles themselves uh, designed to, to be memorable and, and do different things. And I, I don't mind when someone, I, someone uses one of those, so I shouldn't mind when someone uses an old-fashioned song about a brand or a song that's just using the, the brand name. I, I embrace all of it and try and find the right thing for the right client at the right time. Because that, that's really what it's about. It's the right sound at the right touch point for the right need state of the consumer of that sound at that moment. And the fact that it's, it's that rather than just a jingle is complicated, but it's our job to embrace that complexity and not just build a, a beautiful, harmonious soundscape for brands, but build a business and build understanding and and train people, and, and it's, there's a there's a lot to do still because we look at sonic branding as a standalone industry, as a as a discipline in and of itself, rather than as a a small component of advertising or a small component of something else. And we're really talking about a 25 year old industry, and that is nothing. Like it's 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 barely getting going. Okay, you could it hasn't grown quite as fast as the internet. That's that's probably gonna be that's, that's out outgrown us in terms of uh, the rate of. Uh, acceleration but it's still a young industry and it's just starting to enter the a slightly more mature age but but really it's still it's still got a long way to go well i think that um the reason that sonic and I, i want your thoughts too but i think the reason that sonic branding now more than ever is relevant and that there's going to be more and more uh searching for what it is and how to go about it is um just where we are in marketing and advertising today. I was listening to uh, 
the uh, I'm Loving It episode from the 20,000 Hertz podcast. And the guys who wrote the, the I'm Loving It, they made a really good comment. They said that, you know, before the 2000s and the 90s and the 80s, you really had TV. TV was where you advertised yourself and you were sold to. And there was three to five different, you know, standard channels that would tell you what to buy, tell you what to like, you know, you were sold at. And in comes the internet and now you have source everywhere. You can advertise everywhere. There's information coming at you at every different angle. And it's not surprising that as consumers, we decided, okay, well, you don't sell at me now. I want to believe in you. I want to see what your brand stands for, etc. And so now brands, although those jingles worked in the past, they're very much, this is it. But there's there's not as much personality. It's it's either dramatic music or it's funny music or it's a funny message or you know you you have these emotions, general emotions, but it's not really saying what the brand itself is. But the way that we have advertising now, we have so we have information overload. We could get our information. We could buy anything we want. So you know why should we choose you? And I think that that's the relevant of relevance of sonic branding because it's one of the five senses. We have the sensorial perspective that people are asking for now. So we need to harness it. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to go a bit further. So that, that, that's definitely what you described plays a, plays a role in why it's important today. Uh, but advertising and, and sort of brand communications in general are a kind of intermediary. They're a, they're, they're a middleman between us as consumers and the brands that want to sell us stuff. And that, yeah, that's, that's always been there. And they've always been part of that conversation, that economy that takes a brand that nobody knows about or cares about and puts it in front of someone who doesn't know or care and tries to make them know or care. And that, that industry definitely needs more tricks and tools. Now, whether it's a jingle or a beautiful piece, a beautiful piece of sound design that, that's, that's built around the function and the aesthetic, that's still more or less in the same economy as brand middleman in communication or middle, middle person in communication and then consumer. But what's, what's happened over the last, well, let's call it five years, but I, you could put a, any number on it, is that a whole new economy has, has turned up. That old economy of someone with a product and someone uh, who could buy the product and an advertising intermediary, that's, that still exists. But layered on top of that is the attention economy. Mm. And that's the economy that only exists if you are looking at or listening to your device. And it makes money by grabbing your attention and holding it there. And that, that is divorced from the old senses of value chains or, or from selling products or buying products. It's just that the more time I spend looking at or listening to a device, the more money the person who created that content is going to make. It's more akin to the entertainment industry, but on a much more uh, live basis. And that is the, is the economy where it's really in the last, I'd say, 18 months, two years, become very clear that music and sound has a, a massive role to play in, in, first of all, drawing people into content, and secondly, in, in terms of keeping them on that content for much longer. So it's, it's playing a role it, digitally in the, in the attention economy. Uh, and that's really, what I, I believe, that why the biggest push is coming into, into sonic branding now. And you can see that is very clear in, in social audio, where the sound of the, the experience is the only thing that's tracking there and keeping you there. And then you're monetized through the sound of it. That's very easy to see. But you can also see it in how Facebook, Instagram, and really TikTok kicked off the, uh, the, the social media uh, kind of way of using music to 
to, to drag people into the to the social platforms. And for a long time, Facebook and the, and the, the guys who, who dominated Facebook, Twitter, it was a sound off environment. TikTok really came along and said, you know what, if you have some music on this, then people are going to do more interesting stuff and everyone's going to listen to it for longer. And everyone's very rapidly jumped on the, well, we need some music for our social videos. And that, we need some music for our social videos, I think is, is the entry point now for so much sonic branding uh, talk among, among our clients. So uh, I really feel like the attention economy, divorced from and away from the old fashioned advertising economy is, is, really, is really driving attention into the, into the sonic branding business. There's also the low touch economy that I have been reading about uh, just because of COVID and how we're trying to be sanitary and there's just hesitancy. I think that um, using sound in our products to, you know, voice our information to a bank ATM or or something like that, talk to an elevator, have the elevator go up or down or whatever without having to touch anything. Uh, I think that there's real value in that. And because we're so sensitive about it, that also draws into the emotional like, oh, that elevator is helpful. <laughs> That's friendly. You know, it, it's, it sounds silly, but it does go into our head that it's like, oh, this is a safe place. This is a safe environment. So lots and lots of entry points. Uh, I agree. Yeah, without a doubt. Completely agree. That, that, that whole part of the... Uh... The internet that's being built that doesn't have a screen, that doesn't have keyboards, mm -hmm. is I, I'd say that's the emerging opportunity. Uh, so in the brand work that we do, we often talk in terms of uh, residual, dominant, and emerging. Uh, residual, I'd say, in our market is, is the jingle advertising. We're probably covering that off. I'd say we're entering a stage where the dominant part of our economy for Sonic Branding is going to be around attention. And then the emerging part is where sound is the whole experience. And the internet is built without a visual or a touch uh, component. And that's the bit that's the most exciting. I don't know whether, don't know where it's going to go, but I assume it's going to be going to be big. And for the first time in my professional career, I could see an addressable market for the skills of sonic branding and the, the practice of sonic branding that's in the billions rather than in the uh, in the thousands. Mm -hmm. uh, and th those billions are going to be available through audio commerce and through voice commerce. It's without a doubt an exciting time to be learning about how to use sound to attract attention, to alter consumer behavior, to get someone to ask to buy. These are things that we can do just using our, our voices, our music, and our, our sound design expertise. So yeah, the, the opportunity is, is really much bigger than any one of us can really point to right now. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's, a, it's, it's definitely a, a more interesting time now than say 2000, 2001, when we were screaming about the importance of music and sound, but all the advertising guys were still making posters and still doing press ads. And uh, if they made a radio commercial, if, then it was, it was done after a TV ad and it was done with a tiny budget and it was done with no real care or attention on, on just how sound played on its own as opposed to as part of a, a TV soundtrack. So I'm excited by the future in the next 20 years, much more than I, than I was 20 years ago, even though I thought, yeah, I thought by now we'd have made it. I'm excited too. I think that there's a lot growing. There's a lot happening right now, but there's a long way to go. And I think that also with so much voice first technology, all this stuff that's happening, it's happening in real time. So whatever 10, 15 years from now is going to look like, it's going to be different. There's going to be so much more tech that hasn't even shown up yet. And I feel like we're kind of like doing the seesaw thing where we're coming up with innovation as the technology is developing and we're getting responses back in real time if this works or this doesn't. So it's, it's, it's very cool. Very, very interesting.
the thing that's really been exploding in, in my social bubble recently is uh, AI voices. And I only really became, I mean, obviously I've always been aware of, of, of artificial voices, but I only became aware of the, the new wave of those maybe 18 months ago. And now I see 10 or 15 really well-funded, really amazing AI voice companies that are coming along and looking to completely change the way that voices are recorded, used, deployed, uh, completely change the landscape for actors and studios and audio post businesses and the, the opportunity for voice, because it's always been kind of expensive. Uh, and it didn't, it didn't get really inexpensive to create in the way that music did over the last 20 years. Uh, so I feel like the, the change that happened when, when people started sampling musical instruments and creating uh, sample libraries is now happening for real, with real quality in voice. And so the cost of creation for voice content is going to go through the floor. Uh, and so it becomes even more important to have a strategy because otherwise we just get tons and tons and tons of noise. Uh, so I think voice strategy is, is now a, a genuine piece of sonic branding. I think it was uh, uh, nice to have a talked about a little add on to the sonic branding industry for the last 20 years. But now I think it's, it's potentially a, a really core component is to have a voice strategy and then pick the right instruments, i.e. the right AI voices, and deploy them in the right ways. I think that's a real thing that we can add value to now. Tune in next week for the conclusion to our conversation. And don't forget to subscribe on all the major podcast channels. Share with friends, follow, and read it. Spread the word because, well, more people should know about this stuff. I know you know that now. For any other inquiries, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com or soundinmarketing.com, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.